0: hey guys welcome to this week's episode uh we got josh dillon and first off how's everybody doing all right. shout out to chris he's been going through some whole family's been getting sick we're all praying for him hopefully he gets better soon he'll be back on as soon as he can um it's been a rough couple weeks for the whole family so hopefully get better soon um I want to talk before we we're you know we we've been talking about like we said in the last week's episode we're going to start talking about NFC are the uh, getting into these needs and for the NFL and stuff like this for these teams but I want to bring up we talked about it last week All Star game was this weekend game was eh, horrible I don't know it wasn't exciting it wasn't challenging it looked like. It wasn't even street ball. I couldn't even give you street ball. It was more of like old school and one with nobody caring. Um, Saturday night was a little bit better, you know, with with the game or with the skill competitions and stuff like that. Mac McClung, we talked about it before this with the before the podcast. Six foot two. Winning the wire, uh, winning the dunk contest, looking like the odd man out as soon as you see him. Um, nobody really like, yeah, whatever. And then he throws us. You know, we were talking six thirty. Pump, double pump. You know, reverse jam. So I wanted to bring it up. What do you guys think? of the actual dunk contest or actually just All-Star Weekend as a whole? Dylan, you want Josh to go first? As I said, yeah, I'll go first.
1: Ahead. Okay, I'll go first. Um, Yeah, I, I think, you know, what Shaq said that Mac McClung saved the dunk contest. And I think in some ways, maybe. Um, I know Dylan will probably speak more to the dunk contest in a minute, but I think that did help a lot. Um, I still think there are some issues. I know you know, Dylan, again, will probably speak to this some, but the inconsistency of the judges and the frustration of some of these celebrity judges that come in as, as celebrities, but then honestly, they do a crap job of judging and their job is to be a judge, not a celebrity. So I think that is a little bit frustrating to me and that's something that needs to be tidied up to continue to make the dunk contest better but i want to speak i know dylan's going to talk a lot about the dunk contest so i want to speak a little more towards the all-star game um ty i know we were talking about it some pre-podcast recording but wondering if they don't need to move to something else you know like You mentioned how, I guess it was a few weeks ago with the NHL All-Star Game, and I was talking about how they've turned it onto a three-on-three tournament where there are the two conferences but the four divisions, and so each division has a team, and they play three-on-three with goalies out there as well. And it just opens it up a lot because in the NHL, similar to the NFL, similar to the NBA, they had the issues of not playing defense enough Because in the NHL, you're not going to be checking guys during an all-star game. You're not going to be playing that hard of defense. So they decided, you know what, if people aren't going to play defense anyway, let's just open this up a little bit. Let's make this a little more interesting. And so I would wonder if, you know, what if they made it, you know, a a three-on-three game with maybe even playing half court, you know, like something like that. Because then, you know, how many times in the All-Star game do you have either a turnover or a rebound that ends up with an uncontested layup on the other side? You know, or not as much a layup. This is the All-Star game. They're dunking. Um, But you have an uncontested dunk on the other side. And then, boom, the ball comes back down. And then, you know, within the next minute, another uncontested dunk. So turn it into a three-on-three half court. Like to me, I don't think it can get much worse than what the All Star game is. Yeah, the way they've changed up the end of the game has added at least a little bit of competitiveness. But all of just the wide open shots, it kills me. But one thing I didn't like.
0: Or Dylan says his. I just wanted to say with with uh, the one thing I didn't like about that with the fourth quarter, Giannis' team only had to get eleven points to win, in the whole fourth quarter. I mean, because they had already scored so much, it didn't matter. Like they were shooting half court shots
1: for scoring so much earlier. Yeah,
0: but they were shooting half court shots, like just to throw it off. And I'm like, this is not even fun. Yep. So what
1: what do you think about three on three half court?
0: I like that. Like I said before the podcast, I I would love to have a three on three. The only thing that would throw me off with what you just added with it was. If they go with the divisions, like if they, you know, the Atlantic division, how would you pick the teams? Like, who would pick those teams?
1: What I would probably do is stick with kind of their format. It works out really well with, you know, the, the Atlantic, Metropolitan, um, Central, and Pacific in the NHL. They don't have those same division, you know, division breakdowns within conference. So what I right. would probably do is... Well, they right do, now, but they- they're just not
2: really well known. And you have to have a a lot of all stars from those teams and it probably
1: yeah, where the NHL it's pretty equally represented. So yeah, what I would probably do is kind of stick with the same format of you got team captains, and I would change it down to you know smaller teams, obviously, but then more team captains. And that could work. Yeah. It it would be, I don't know, you play games to like you know, like, I mean, I'm, you I'm you looking do, like, at the divisions to 12 or something, you know, like, yeah, well, I'm looking at the divisions now. Like,
0: I mean, like a division, like, let's say right now, the Pacific, it's got the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Suns and the Kings. That would be a very good, like, all right, you could pick four people from that. I'd like to see who the four would be and then who would get snubbed because, I, you know, there's going to be somebody getting snubbed that's not going to be happy well, about and... it.
1: I Like, NHL, it may not be able to be completely replicated, but the way they do it in the NHL is um, one player from each team and then several, like, fan votes, I think it is.
0: Right. I, and I guess so, so, like I like it'd just be kind for, of fun to for see. For me, it's
1: frustrating because, like, okay, you know, Brad Marchand is possibly all-star capable. Um, Patrice Bergeron definitely is. Um, Charlie McAvoy is. And honestly, the way he's played this year, Hampus Lindholm probably deserve it we had we actually got a second guy in on the fan vote with David Pasternak but it was Pasternak and Omar they were the two guys because it's limited and so even though we're the best team in hockey and we could have had three to five all-stars we only had two but also once everybody becomes all-stars then is anybody actually an all-star so well yeah right Plus, half I mean, these guys don't saying. want to go to All-Star Weekend anyway, so go on your vacation.
0: Well, and that's what me and Dylan had talked about after the All-Star Game was because no one wants to try hard because they don't want to get hurt. It's the middle mm-hmm. of the season. So, Dylan, what's your thought process
2: about All-Star Weekend? Well, first, skills competition was a joke. Uh, That was stupid. Um, Like, the the you remember like old school skills competition you're throwing passes through like a tire yeah. now you're throwing passes through like a seven foot wide like circle and it's like yeah. the if you like one of the guys that was watching with me was like if you miss that you should lose your contract immediately like That's there's true. no there's, there's no there's no doubt you should hit that uh I so that was a joke
0: maybe having a little problem but yeah if you're a point guard yeah no
2: Yeah, it was a joke. And then the three-point contest was probably the best overall event of the night. Dame taking that home, which was really cool. Uh, Dunk contest, Mac McClung was easily the best. Like, there was no debate. Uh, Josh hinted at it. Judging was awful. Like, Mac McClung easily should have probably gotten a 49 or higher on every dunk, which I'm pretty sure he did. But then, guys – Guys, other guys doing stupid stuff that people have done 20 times in a dunk contest getting a 49. Like, Mac McClung is your standard, and those aren't even close. So, judging was terrible. Um, I've said, I told y'all before, like, I think the NBA should be able to mandate people into the dunk contest and force them in. Guys like John Morant, Ant Edwards, whatever. I'm probably very minority in that opinion, but it is what it is. The All-Star game itself, I watched a good amount of it wasn't that fun uh I mean Jason Tatum was really fun because he like couldn't miss I think he set an all-star game record for most points scored uh he did and so he, so he broke that which was cool Um, uh, he didn't do it as cool as Steph did with 16 threes but it was still cool and then like that was pretty much it I mean there wasn't like Dame hitting like a literally walking into a 48-foot half-court three and draining it like it was nothing, was pretty fun to watch live. Yeah. Um, so, overall, like, there were some fine moments, but, I mean, no one cares about the All-Star game. Like, it's really just a joke.
0: And that's the thing is I think in, there's a lot that needs to change for it. Um, you know, I, I looked at the old-school MLB way as if you're going to do it in the middle of the season. You know, what was it 2002 to 2009? The winner of the All Star game got home, you know, home court advantage during the playoffs or during the finals.
2: I think it was longer than that, but, but, but yeah, you know I, what I'm
0: I, 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 I But like, yeah, then but you, then you have, have to take, take away, you take the away team the pitch captains. from, yeah. So I get both sides of it. I, the thing is, is it's more of a spectacle of, like the the stars, like it's funny because you have all these. What were they talking about? Um, they talked about a lot this week on ESPN. Was you know people sitting? What do they call it? Um, I just want to load like, management. Thank you. They should have a load management schedule, and like All Star Weekend is supposed to be a load management setup for them. But you got to think that all the stars are having to play unless they're hurt. So the load management's not there. So we need to figure out something to make it to where everybody's getting something because as a fan, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying All-Star Weekend at all. There is nothing in the All-Stars, like baseball, I'll watch the home run derby. Football, I'll watch the skill. I I might watch a little bit more because like this first year with this whole Peyton Manning, Eli versus Peyton, it wasn't as great, but it could have been better, and they're working on it. NHL, I, I did watch a little bit of this one and it was good, but it, I don't know enough about hockey to so we'll like jump into it yet. Um, But the I NBA, I grew up on it. I know, and I'm working on it. I will. But the NBA, I'm... I've been invested in since I was 12 years old. That's 30 years. And it's just gotten less oh, and less. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry. It's just gotten less and less for me every year. The last, like we talked about before the podcast, the last dump contest that I can't like, I can visually remember was 2016. And and that's not fair to us as fans. I used to remember I, I wasn't going to miss it, period. So all our all our NBA people start making some huff. Let's change this up of across the board. So, we are going to talk about the NFC West. We're going to start this this division. So in the next eight weeks, we are going to talk about right before the NFL draft, which is in nine weeks. We're going to talk about the NFC West. Start. We're going to talk about each division every week. And we are going to bring up the needs, what they should be looking at in the draft, where they're at in the draft, and if they should be moving somewhere to figure out something they need. So we are going to start with two teams before our break, and we're going to start from worst to best in this division. And every week we'll every, every week we we'll do the worst to best in each division. That being said, that means the Arizona Cardinals, who we talked about last week, getting a new coach are on the on the list. Dylan, I'm gonna start with you. Who do the Arizona Cardinals what what does I just went blank on his name? Um Josh
2: Gannon.
0: Jonathan Gannon.
2: Jonathan what is Jonathan
0: Aaron. Jonathan Gannon? What's he need to do to make this team
2: impactful? I'm not even gonna say good. Impactful Whoa, because they're not. Well, you have uh, him, and then you have Monty Austin Fort is the new GM. Uh, And honestly, when you look at this roster, one, it's not that great, and two, it's really old, (laughs) Uh, especially offensively. Defensively, you have some – I think you have some cornerstone pieces that you can build, uh, but it's kind of – it's a relatively blank canvas. I mean you got Isaiah Isaiah Simmons, Zaven Collins, um Buda Baker, Byron Murphy Jr. and a lot of their secondary overall is really young. Uh I know JJ Watts really high on Zach Allen, who's a relatively younger pass rusher. I don't think he's going to be anything like elite level pass rusher, but he's a a solid rotational piece. So you got a lot especially with a defensive coach to come in and kind of mold some stuff into Uh, load up that front seven a little bit more, especially pass rush and interior D line. Um, I think that's probably where you start. Uh, I'm much more of a in the trenches guy. You build it in there and then you kind of, you get a, you build it in the trenches, get your quarterback and then start building out that way. Uh, So I think that DE line is going to be incredibly important for them, especially with JJ Watt retiring uh, and being done. So they're going to need some, some guys there. Um, Honestly, offensively, Overall, for the Cardinals, this is a rebuilding year. You're going to suck. Kyler Murray's out until at least October, November. And I my thought is, is he's going to come back. And do you really want him playing six games if you're two and 10 or two and eight, like two and 11 or whatever? Do you really want him to come out when there's nothing to play for and risk it? Or do you just let him sit? I understand letting him get his feet back under him. So maybe you let him play a little bit. I don't know. But that seems a little risky to me. So I could see Kyler Murray sitting out this whole year and just using this as a year to tank, reset, develop talent, um, and really shooting for 2024 uh, for them. But I would say you're going to probably need to upgrade wide receiver because DeAndre Hopkins, I would assume from what we all hear, is on the trading block and can the, be a, yep. a, a potential trade. So you want to get and develop Rondell Moore. You want to develop Marquise Brown. Maybe get another guy, but I think re- de- revamping the... So, i said a lot, but the two main things that I would say is in the trenches. D-line, getting that figured out, and then O-line. Because they have, like, Rodney Hudson, I think, is one of the better centers in the in the NFL. But, like, DJ Humphreys is old. Kelvin Beecham is old. Like, Kyler Murray ran for his life a lot. I'm not the biggest mm-hmm. Kyler Murray fan, but... Kyler Murray ran for his life a lot because the line wasn't that good. So I think this year you take some time in this draft, draft some, like if I'm Arizona, my job, my thought is, Hey, I'm going to trade out of three to a team that wants to come up for a quarterback. And I'm going to try to get a Peter Skaronsky or a Broderick Jones. I'm going to get a left, get me an offensive tackle, start rebuilding this line, give them a year to develop while Kyler's not playing and maybe get some other pieces, either in free agency or in the draft. And so when Kyler comes back, that line is solid in front of him, and he doesn't have to worry about running and doing whatever. So I'd say D-line, O-line is probably their two biggest needs because this is a rebuilding year for them.
0: Josh, anything you want to add with that? I mean, that that was pretty in-depth there.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, I I think it covered (laughs) a lot. However, I would – not necessarily disagree on some things. I think I would agree that D line is also a priority, which is where I'm looking at three. Man, I consider staying in at three and picking up, you know, a either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Um, at three, one of them is going to be there, if not both of them. You know, the Bears might trade out of number one. Now the question is, if they trade number two or number four. They trade number four with the Colts. The Colts will take a quarterback at number one, and the Texans will take a quarterback will at take it. two, and you yeah. have your choice between Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. That's I, a I, a think move. You, I think you pick up the phone and you see what you can get to trade out. But – I think, to me, there are there are a number of tackle prospects. I think Skaronsky's great, but I think there are a few and maybe a couple, you know, I don't know, the question of will Anton Harrison drop to the second round? You know, what is it going to look like? But tackles can kind of be a hit or miss sometimes, you know, and not, I mean, any draft pick can be a hit or miss. But if you trade out of number three and give up a potential generational pass rusher slash defensive line force and drop down and pick up a tackle who doesn't actually turn out to be what you want to be. like If somebody's offering you a mid-first round this year and a first round next year and some other picks, okay, I'm taking that deal. You know, say for some reason, you know, Washington changes their mind. They want to move up from 16 up to three to try to get a quarterback because they decide Sam Howell's not it. Well, if I'm taking 16, if I'm taking maybe their second rounder, if I'm taking their first next year and maybe a fifth or, okay, now I have to consider that. But unless the offer is overpowering, you know, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson are probably the best players in this draft um will Anderson his stats weren't quite as gaudy this year as they were last year but you watch the tape he's being double teamed triple teamed every play and he's still getting pressures if not sacks. you add him to that defense with as you know Dylan mentioned you've got Zaven Collins who I think he, I think he's like 23 24 Isaiah Simmons 23 24 Buddha Baker I think is like 26 or 27. um so you've got you add another pass rusher to those guys, and then they do have twenty three million, almost twenty four million in cap space. So maybe you go out and you sign a lineman who's young enough who fits that timeline. You, know, you said the question you have posed to Dylan was, you know, what do the Cardinals need to do? And other than have a video game intervention with Kyler Murray, um, I would say get a timeline. And set on that timeline. You know, we're going to talk about the Rams in a minute. And, you know, yeah, things didn't really work out. But one thing I will give the Rams is they got a Super Bowl because they set their timeline. And that timeline does mean that if they're not screwed already, they're going to be in the next year or two likely. Yeah, but they said we're going to stay on one timeline and we're going to win a Super Bowl. For the Cardinals, Kyler Murray's 25. You signed him to a contract, and you're going to be stuck with that for good or for ill. So get on his timeline. You know, Trade DeAndre Hopkins. I think that is a good move because Hopkins is older. Get what you can for him now. Build around Marquise Brown and Rondale Moore and add another wide receiver. But stop playing this one-foot-in, one-foot-out game. And right. just say, hey, we're going to be a young team, and maybe we'll surprise some people. Honestly, if you you bring back Colt McCoy as a quarterback, maybe he can go, you know, what, four and four or whatever it is until Murray gets back and hold you in contention. Plus, Kyler is only ever good for half the season anyway, so let's play him for the second half, and maybe it'll work out.
0: Well, I'll say this. Like, you know, cap space-wise um... – you know, like you said, they have a pretty good cap space. They have some money into it that they can put into it, and they can always make some more the room. Um, I I was reading reports today on um on Rodney uh Hudson. He's he may not be back. And if that's the case, that's they're losing a very key component to that offensive line. Now, what you said with their defensive line at number three pick. If, if Chicago goes out of the number one, or even if they take, they decide to switch off and you know go with the quarterback. Who knows what Chicago is going to do? But yeah, you're right. Jalen is, is a perfect setup for. um Jalen Carter is a perfect setup for them if he's still available. But if he's not, then yeah, they should pick out look look for some look for some pieces. Try and build that roster long term. You know get some youth. Like Dylan said, they're old. That team is an older team in the league right now. And if they're old, they're injured, and they don't have the players to actually make it look good, then the GM's not doing his job. So, um, but I, I agree. Yeah, like, there's some teams that have a lot more movement available. They don't really have a lot of movement available, but they can get rid of some pieces and create movement. I just want to see kind of where DeAndre Hopkins would go. I'm really curious where that's going to happen. So, sure. I just, so I mean, like, like we all know.
1: Tag, um, I mean, I'm thinking both draft capital and cap space because I don't know all the cap numbers. But you'd wonder if if Baltimore does commit to Lamar Jackson, would bringing in a DeAndre Hopkins? make a lot of sense for a team like Baltimore to make their Stefan Diggs AJ Brown type move
0: type for their one two combo. I don't know. Yeah.
2: And
1: you give Lamar see, uh, a
2: ball winner guy that he hasn't really had uh there or like sure. he's get or, or which Diop is maybe the best ball winner in the NFL.
0: I would you know what I would say the other one for me would be somewhere like if you know not knowing the certainty of him but if Aaron Rodgers safe in Green Bay, and you put someone like DeAndre there with him? Yep, that would be another one-two combo that would be good for at least another couple of years because they're both older, so you're not tied long-term to either one of them. Um, but yeah, who knows? Next team that we're going to talk about is the LA Rams. We talked to it, you know. We, you know, Josh had brought them up a little bit before. Um, they're they don't really even have a pick in the first round. I, I see a lot of age they haven't as had well one with since them. Jared Goff. Yeah. Um I think their biggest thing that I saw in this past season was you know besides health was offensive. Their offensive line was just not good. It couldn't hold Stafford upright at all. And that's an aging quarterback that you need to have a little bit more time, a little bit better of a pass rush against. Um Josh, what else would you see with the L.A. Rams? I mean,
1: yeah, um, if I'm the L.A. Rams, I'm probably trying to bring in maybe like some some faith healers, maybe some witch doctors. <laughs> um, I'm bringing in just every belief systems chance at a healing um, and just start you know, printing like,
0: money with Aaron I'm, Donald's face on it.
1: I'm bringing in medical staffs. I'm bringing in possibly some nursing home care. Um, I'm just trying to do it all. Like that roster, like they don't have cap space and they don't have draft picks. So that leaves you in a situation where if you don't have cap space and you don't have draft picks, they've they've got some free agents they need to try to resign. I think they need to hope to hit on some of their their, mid to late round draft picks that they do have. Um, but honestly, you just need to be healthy. Like you look and you say, if they had a healthy Matt Stafford, Cooper cup, um, Aaron Donald, maybe they had a chance. Um, so I, I would agree with you, Ty offensive line is probably your best bet because that's your best bet to keep Matthew Stafford healthy. But then you just need to to hope and pray your guys stay healthy because you're not you're not going to be able – I mean, you're not in a position to fire sale. You're not in a – you know, you're going to try to keep this thing together, I would expect, but with no cap room and not much draft capital, you basically need to hope this team is good enough, you know, make a few small additions and hope they come up big, and then just make sure your big guys stay healthy is is Andrew, my thought. I don't know if Dylan has others.
0: Andrew Whitworth, can he come back? Please just help. He, he is not
1: coming back. He is he's <laughs> he's not, <coming> not back. <laughs>
2: Um, I, I agree. I think O-line is their biggest thing. And I think not a lot of it is like, I think the two guard positions, you need to get better. Uh, so left guard, right guard, but they're, I, I forget exactly what the number was, but I'm pretty sure every game they had a different starting five, like maybe just one different position because they were always getting hurt. So... Health, like Josh said, is a big thing. I think left guard, right guard, is probably an upgrade that you need to make. But offensively, I mean, if you're healthy and you're rolling out, like if you were telling me, "Hey, you're starting your your starting lineup," essentially is Matt Stafford, Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, um, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Allen Robinson. I'm gonna say you're probably gonna win a lot of games if you're healthy. Yep. So I think those two guard positions, because Stafford isn't a very mobile guy, so up the middle pressure is gonna uh, get not gonna be helpful for him. So getting that, but like Josh said, you don't have a lot of money to spend, and your secondary is is up for for contracts. Taylor Rapp, one of their best, their mm-hmm. best safety, and and uh, a fine later in the draft, he's up for contract. Are you going to pay him? Are you not going to pay him? Uh, what are you going to do with that? Deshaun, uh, A'shaun Robinson's also an interior pressure guy that he's up for a contract. Greg Gaines is up for a contract. Who's another late round guy that they found. They hit on late in the draft and he became a really good rotational piece for them. So what are they going to do with those? But there's also rumors floating around that they're going to trade Jalen Ramsey. Cause if they trade Jalen Ramsey, it saves them $20 million in cap space. So, so that's a, that's, on the table so does jalen ramsey restructure sign an extension so they could push his cap number down what do they do there um i think there are a lot of their their pieces are going to stay the same but it's going to be those peripheral guys um that you're going to put around them like are they going to be enough and like when you look you say maybe you need an outside linebacker uh, maybe some outside linebackers with bobby wagner but those are going to be late round picks or or low yeah. money free agents. So I'd say left guard, right guard, and maybe some some linebacker help outside of those. Like, I mean, on every level, the defense I can see needs potentially and needing to keep guys. Well, it just
0: doesn't sound good if you need offensive line in every level of the defense. It, yeah, it, it well, like every like
2: level <laughs> of the defense has a, has a future yeah. Hall of Famer. Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey.
0: Jalen Ramsey. It does, you're but, right.
2: But... What's gonna be around those guys because they can't do it all. Well, the Rams are fifteen
0: mil over the cap right now, so if they got some, if something was like Ramsey disappearing, that like you know that puts some money for them to play. Um, if they can restructure his contract and he wants to stay, that's some money for play. I think the one issue you know you've got is is you've got to make you you traded your future away to win a Super Bowl, and they did it great but if you're a Rams fan what are you looking at for the next five years you've got nothing to look forward to I was gonna say you've got nothing to look forward to I mean there was talks of Sean McVay being gone before the season started you think he's gonna stick around to rebuild this team no so I'm just looking at like this is a team that they could be a top five pick in the next couple of years if they had a pick to do it
2: Well, they actually did have a top five pick this year. It's just for Detroit – or top six. It's Detroit. It's
0: Detroit. (laughs) Speaking of the next team, though, because they have – they were a hot team this season. They were in the playoffs. And they made one of the best offseason moves, got rid of a quarterback, made some – oh, that's right. Thank you, Dylan. I forgot about that. We are going to go to a break. I forgot about that. I was just getting into a (laughs) group. So let's get into that. Let's take a break. And we'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back. And, yeah, we are going to start talking with about the Seattle Seahawks. Now, before we get into it, the Seahawks have their $30 million over or under the cap. And they got two first-rounders and two second-rounders in this draft. Well, by the way, they were in the playoffs. Got comeback player of the year on their team, who is now a free agent. But So – Bill, I'll start with you. Who do you what do you see needing? Let's in a perfect world, do you think Geno's probably gonna go back to Seattle? But let's say what else decides that?
2: Uh I think honestly, looking at this team, their biggest need is maybe pass rush and middle linebacker. Because yeah. you look at Like, skill position-wise, Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. You could maybe say they need a tight end, but they have Noah Fant and Colby Parkinson, who Parkinson did fine, Noah Fant's fine. Like, it's nothing crazy for what they try to do. They nailed their O-line last year, taking two tackles. They nailed their secondary with Tariq Wolin and Kobe Bryant and all those guys. Like, they need pass rush because they didn't really affect the game that way that much, and then middle linebacker because you lose Bobby Wagner. But, like, the is really good. Jordan Brooks is good. You just don't have that middle presence type of guy. Um So I think upgrading that. You might need to upgrade center because Austin Blythe is a free agent and he's 31. So, But you can hit that in the – if you really want to use rounds. your 20th overall pick that they have. Like, you could use it on the number one center, but I don't think he's first-round worthy. But you could probably hit that in the second round early on if you want to take him there. The third round, you could get a center or sign one in free agency if there's one. So I think their biggest free agents that they have to re-sign, we talked about it in the break, Um, was Gino, Jonathan Abram, and Puna Ford were the three big guys. But, Dad, you said that they're under the cap. So they have plenty of cap space to make it work. And to get yep. it done, they could always restructure deals if they need to. Um, but I think if I had to nail down what they need this off season in the draft is edge rushers and middle linebackers. If they get that, they could be a serious deep playoff contender next year. Like think with the it, number it, five, all, all, all like including healthy and stuff like that. But
0: right, think of the number five pick, and they take someone like Tyree Wilson, or even Miles Murphy, if they think that's a better fit for them.
2: Theoretically, the, the thing that I dropped out there, if the Cardinals decide they get an offer that they want to drop back and the first three picks are quarterbacks, they could get a Jalen Carter or a Will Anderson at five. They could just Ooh. sit right where they are. What? Imagine that. Imagine getting Will Anderson and at at dropping him into that uh, – with that pass rush at five on top of having Tariq Wolin, Kobe Bryant, all those guys in the secondary. That would be filthy. That would be a huge win. That would be a huge – like, if I'm Seattle, I'm putting a banner up of Russell Wilson, not because he won us a Super Bowl, because he got us all these picks and guys and rebuilt the team. Like, that is really why I would put a banner up. <laughs>
0: all right, Josh, what do you what do
2: you got?
1: Okay, so last year they drafted in the first round their left tackle, Charles Cross. In the third round, they drafted their right tackle, Abraham Lucas. In the fourth round, they drafted one of their cornerbacks, backup cornerback, Kobe Bryant. In the fifth round, they drafted their pro bowler, Tariq Woolen. They know how to draft. I mean, mm-hmm. even going back, what, they got Russell Wilson, and was that the third round?
2: Yeah, they got DK in the so. second or third, too. Yep.
1: So right now, like, I'm looking, and yeah, they, I think they need to re-sign Geno Smith. Give them two to three year but defensive line is really, if you're looking at a need, like defensive line slash pass rush is probably what they need most. I think their secondary is solid. Their offense is all really pretty solid. I think defensive line – um you know, Rashad Penny, the backup running back, is a free agent. You've got Kenneth Walker, who was beaten up some this year. I think you bring back Penny or bring in another running back. But I'm just more intrigued by the draft for them because they've got two first rounders, two second rounders, a third, a fourth, two fifths, and a sixth. And sitting there at number one, the options are aplenty. Um, you know, if if somehow the Bears drop out of the top five to a quarterback needy team like Vegas or Carolina or something, or the Cardinals drop out, yeah, if Will Anderson or Jalen Carter is sitting there at five, you draft them. Like, I think you draft them, no hesitation. If, I I think if Will Levis or CJ Stroud is sitting there at five, I consider drafting them and sitting them. Um teaching them. not saying learning. I definitely would, but I would consider it. Yeah. I would also consider trading out to possibly number seven with the Raiders, number nine with the Panthers, or maybe going down What the Jets, I think are at 13 and the commanders are at 16. If any of those teams really want to move up, you know, the way they draft, they find people, you know? And so I say you drop down to nine, There's a chance Tyree Wilson or – is that his name out of Texas Tech?
0: Tyree Wilson is the guy, yeah. It is Wilson. Okay. Tyree Wilson is out of Texas Tech. Was it
1: Wilson? Um, Or Miles Murphy or even Brian Bersi? Like, there are some options if you drop down to nine or seven, like – I, I think they have such good options. And then, you know, Dylan mentioned they need a center. I think there's a chance at 37, maybe you still have a John Michael Schmitz on the board or at 37 or 52, if he's gone, maybe like a Joe Tipman. But there are some options for center in the draft um, that you can pick up later on, probably not using one of your top two, the two first rounders. So like I'm honestly, yeah, I think they need to re sign Geno Smith. I think they need to strengthen their pass rush, but some of it is more just looking and seeing who Schneider is gonna get as a as a steal in the draft this year because the dude is such a good is Ty frozen. Dylan, any I thoughts so. on that? I got, uh, I got oh, that. I get,
0: I'm back. Yeah, for some reason my my connection went bad, so I apologize. But I had a question about this. I wanted to say, what would you think of? Okay, let's say at five, they get to take someone like, let's say Jalen Carter. Let's say they get that, or you know, one of the you know one of these top defensive players. Carter or Anderson? Yeah. Carter or Anderson. Dylan brought up Sidney Walker. Got a little bit, you know, he played great. But you know that that he, he's a smaller guy. He's a smaller, like almost like a scat back, but you know a little bit more. What about Bijan at twenty? No, you got Ken
1: Walker. I would say no. Um, okay. So See, like, if, if you want to, if, a... if you
2: want if you want to compliment to Ken Walker, this is actually a really deep running back draft. Yeah, like, there's like, yeah. there's a ton of different guys. They. I think if, like, they hit on Ken Walker in the second or third round. Now, granted, it wasn't like Ken Walker. Oh, my gosh, who's that? And he became a star. Like, Ken Walker was Ken Walker in in college at Michigan State. But you can hit a guy in the second, third, fourth round and be a compliment to to Ken Walker. I don't think you got to spend premium value to get a a backup
1: there. What I would say there at 20, I'd look at maybe if a Jordan Addison, maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba is, yeah, a third there.
2: wide receiver. I think, because I think that's one of their needs as well.
1: I think Marquise Goodwin is early, he's a free like agent 32. Okay, is he he's even a free, free agent? agent. Okay, I didn't realize he was a free agent, but I think he's like 32. Tyler Lockett is 30, 31, something like that. So get another wide receiver or Depending on how sold you are on Colby Parkinson, Noah Fant, I know Will Disley has had some uh, health injuries. If, like, a Michael Mayer is still sitting there, um, the tight end out of Notre Dame, like, um, yeah. dude can block, dude can catch. like catch,
0: yeah, he's got a pretty good pick, span, yeah.
1: Pick up a, a third wide receiver who could play into a second wide receiver role or maybe a tight end. Um, I'd be looking I think there are going to be a lot of options on the board there that I'm not picking a yeah I'm not picking a Bijan Robinson as much as like I love Bijan I think he's really I, good. I, yeah. But um you, you look and him. you've got okay you've got I, your agree. Gibbs, I mean I who's going to be available later? You've got a, a Devin A-Chain, um A-Chain, Devon A-Chain, however you exactly pronounce his name. I don't want to yeah. mispronounce it. But you've Charbonnet. got him there. That looks really good. You've got later on like a Dwayne McBride or Zach Evans. You've got a couple of guys coming out of the Big Ten. um Was it Mo Ibrahim out of Minnesota? Minnesota. Of Minnesota. Or yeah. the guy out of Pitt, um, Abakinda. He's another one. You've got actually another running back coming out of Texas. Um, Roshan got, Johnson. Yeah. Well, um, the guy out of Georgia is it like Kenny Mac- McIntosh. McIntosh.
0: Oh, yeah. like, I like McIntosh, too. He's got some speed. He's got some power.
1: Yeah, so I love Bijan, and if I'm a team with no running back, like if when we get into NFC East, if the Eagles don't re-sign Miles Sanders. No, I probably don't take him with the 10, but with the 30 if he's sitting there, no doubt. N- yeah. No stinking doubt. Um, yeah. but I I feel like if I'm the Seahawks, there's too much value to be had in other positions where like
0: it's just dude, make- imagine right.
1: imagine what you said though. DK
2: Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and the Jigba. Like, that would be mm-hmm. filthy. That would be disgusting. Especially for Geno, like, where you don't want him to try to do too much. You're playing point guard, getting the ball out, doing that. Like, Jackson Smith and Jigba wins. Like, he's a he's a savvy route runner. He's really good. Like, and then you still I've, got Walker. I've, I've, and you still got your ball winner on the outside, and DK go up and go go deep. You got Tyler Lockett. Like I think you win at every level there, and then you have Ken Walker. Like I mean, like,
1: and Jigba is probably my favorite wide receiver. Like he wins every battle except against his hamstring. But if he does win that one, um, I think he could be the top wide receiver in the draft. I hundred percent agree.
2: I like I like Smith and Jigba.
0: I like Gordon Addison, but I agree. And he and, is and right there. Like, you're like, it's it's it could be either one.
1: I um, am not sold. And I know this is getting into draft stuff. So I'm just going to make this comment. We can move on. We'll get into this stuff later. Quinton Johnston scares me because I think he has so much talent. But something about TCU wide receivers, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can draft a TCU wide receiver in the first round. Because I've seen too many of them go first round and turn out to be nothing.
0: Just I will say personally. this: I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little love to the Chris, you know, since he's not on. Hey, Sean, has 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 you know LSU has put out some really really good wide receivers in the last couple of years, so um, he could be a sneaky one too if you pick him late. So, but yeah, that
1: okay, might be a second that's or third round. That's
0: a good, that's a draft talk. Um, yeah. I wish where is this going in the first I yeah I yeah he does
1: but that's Chris
0: yeah yeah but I will say this Seattle to me I mean don't get me wrong when we talk you know our next team is is San Francisco and and there's a lot of talks with them and, and not much on what they need more just like who's doing to do what they have a solid team from all all around but you have like Seattle got rid of a a pretty solid running back, or a pretty solid quarterback, and at that time with Russell Wilson, created so much space in their cap draft stock, which they do well, and they weren't that bad this season. Nope. And they could just move to be better. That gives a lot to the to to me to what Pete Carroll has I think done we lost there. Lost
1: you there again. Um, but I'm going to say, like as you're talking, Ty, I'm like, gosh. Thinking about Geno Smith, what would Denver have done to have Geno Smith-level play out of Russell Wilson this year? Um, honestly, if they got Geno Smith-level play out of Russell Wilson this year, what would Denver's record have been? would have been so much better. But I oh, see we have to back ties, so continue.
0: No, I was just saying, like you know, this team is on the rise, and what Pete Carroll has done there is is, is crazy, and, and you know, as far as player personnel. So.
1: Also, um, just, um, I couldn't remember their names, but it's mostly Jalen Rager and Josh Doctson who ruined TCU for me um, went taught uh, first round in 2020 and first round in 2016 and both complete busts. Um, so that's just back to that. So we can continue on to our next team now.
0: So last team in this division uh, is San Francisco which I don't know what they need I mean they I mean they do need stuff but I'm just saying you know they're they're looking at their offensive line can be a little bit better defensively I don't see anything but maybe maybe a corner another solid corner for them um just so that way everybody is uh, so like I said with them they are three million under the cap so it's not a lot. But they could always restructure and do that stuff. I think the biggest thing for me is who's going to be the quarterback. Brock Purdy has played well. He he went undefeated in the regular season. Trey um, Lance has had injuries kind of plague him uh, so far in his NFL career. And you know, Jimmy G is probably going to be somewhere else next year, this upcoming season. So I would like to see who's going to be their quarterback. Um, is it open and shut? Trey Lance is it? Is it, you know, Brock Purdy's the backup? I mean, he's Mr. His contract's not expensive, it's not hurting their cap at all. He could be the number two. So, Josh, I'm gonna start with you. What are your thoughts on what San Francisco really could use to make them better?
1: Yeah, so I'm looking through this and I see, um, It looks like Jimmy Ward and Tayshawn Gibson are both free agents. So two of their safeties. Now they've got Hufanga, who was a 2020 or 2021 fifth round pick. And he really came out like, I love watching that guy play. I'm not a 49ers fan, but Hufanga is, I can't, I know I will mispronounce his first name, so I'm not going to try. He's an all pro this year. Yeah. Phenomenal. Like loved the way he played his hustle. He was everywhere. Um I I think you know they still need to re-sign I think at least Gibson or Ward if not both of them for um for the depth. I think as you said maybe another cornerback um inside defensive lineman Javon Kinlaw is still young so I don't know if you want to give up on him yet but I think they could use some more interior defensive line and then I know um what their right tackle is a free agent so they need to re-sign So is their him. center so okay. I missed their center. Thank you. Um, so I think a lot of it is just figuring out how you're doing this. Who can you re-sign? Can you resign both of those safeties and the right tackle and the center and all the other depth pieces that you have? Um, and then, I mean, the big thing is just figuring out what are you doing with quarterback? Can you, like, obviously on rookie contracts, you can keep Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. But you're probably yeah. not bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo as a free agent. Um, yeah. Unless, you know, unless you trade maybe Trey Lance, which I think would be an awfully hard thing for them to do after all that they gave up to move up and get Trey Lance.
0: But and You still don't know what he, you got with him.
1: Yeah, but you don't know what you have with him, but you also don't fully know what you have with Brock Purdy. Because sure, Brock looked great, but he also came in in the second half of the season. He only played a number of games. He wasn't scouted all off season. He wasn't scouted the whole season. He came in as a surprise. Um, I think he did as well or better than you know Jimmy G or Trey Lance. But Trey just has physical traits that Brock doesn't have. Um, Brock probably is a
2: slightly more athletic Jimmy G. Yeah, like he's and he's a more. Uh, yeah, and well, younger, did you also but got
0: like I mean, if you look at the weapons that he are on this offensive, so on,
2: on now, the offensive I hundred percent believe all three of us could go play quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers and be successful. I, I can really throw do. a
1: football about seven to ten yards, but that's, that's all you, you need to do. you <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, well, and Christian McCaffrey. That's all you need. Um, yeah. seven. And you ten, got Kittle. yeah, yep, that's. I, I can do it. Dink and dime. Same way I played Madden. Um, I <laughs> Same way God. Jimmy G plays, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how Kyler plays, but that's a different thing. Um, so, I guess my biggest question with them, if we're talking about positional need, um, I would say safety if they don't re-sign somebody. I think probably cornerback might be it. But my biggest question with the 49ers – is who is your quarterback? And can you, like, do Trey Lance and Brock Purdy have the personalities to be able to go in in a competition? Or is that going to create an untenuous situation or a tenuous situation for them and for the entire team? Because you don't want the whole team being messed up by a lingering quarterback competition.
0: That's true. Yeah. All right, Joe, what are you thinking?
1: Uh, I
2: think, like, quarterback-wise, to kind of piggyback off of what Josh said, I think Trey Lance, I think for the 49ers, this is really easy. Not because, like, one of them has separated too much, but because Brock Purdy isn't going to be ready until the earliest August so Trey Lance is supposed to be healthy enough to start throwing and running in the next two to three weeks, I believe. And then he has he said he's gonna be full go by OTAs, or he should be. So he gets OTAs, training camp, offseason stuff, all of the number one guy again. And he he showed it last year enough to where they said, Jimmy, you can come back, but you're coming back as the two. And I think he's gonna have the opportunity to do it. I mean, even in the game we saw him, it was a monsoon. So, like, you can't really evaluate him. You don't really know what you have. And so I think uh, I think it's going to be really helpful for them to get a read on who he is. And right now his trade value is too low to trade him. You're not going to get near as much as you could potentially get for him. So I think you keep him, you do. But if I had to look – um, I agree. I think free safety, I think cornerback is a uh, two defensive needs, maybe outside linebacker. If you don't re-sign Algier or al or whatever, um, a lot of these, like I could say their tackle, if they don't sign their tackle, I could say center if they don't sign their center. So a lot of these are potential, but I think like if I'm looking at legitimate needs is wide receiver three, because Brandon Ayuk is in the last year of his rookie deal so he's a potential trade candidate this offseason if he's not you might lose him next year because like you probably can't sign him and Debo and have CMC and have all these other things and George Kittle and whatnot so you need to develop another receiver to come in next year Mm -hmm. and then on top of that I think a backup tight end because George Kittle is 29. He is a physical guy. He tends to be hurt a lot. And they usually have rotational kind of guys. I think this is a year you might invest a little bit more. And this is a very deep tight end class too. It's really weird. Cause I feel like in a lot of positions that are like, that's a nice position to have. Those are really deep in the draft this year. Like it's not a huge deep quarterback draft, but it's a deep running back in a tight end draft. It's not a deep wide receiver draft, but it's like, all these random positions that aren't like super like big, like on a team building scale um, are deep this year. And so you can grab a tight end in the second, third, or fourth round like Kittle was, he was a late round pick. And so I think tight end two wide receiver three are kind of two positions that I say, if like they need, and second cornerback are the three positions I'd say for sure, like, no matter what happens with residing, those are three positions they have to attack.
0: Well, they do have one issue, though. They have zero picks this draft.
2: They don't have zero.
0: They have no picks in the 2023 draft.
1: I'm uh, looking at I it right agree. now. The thing I'm saying has them having a number of picks, but not in the top two rounds.
0: I'm looking at right now.
2: I'm
0: I'm seeing it says – maybe I'm looking at something. I'm looking on ESPN. It says – I'm looking at their team directly. It says the San Francisco 49ers have no picks for the 2023 NFL draft.
1: Now, I could be wrong, but the website I'm looking at has them having three third-round picks, three fifth-round picks, one six, and three sevens.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at that too. They get a lot of compensatory picks. They traded a lot of picks. That might for be like what CMC. it is. It might be. Right. This is the last year of the first rounder being with Trey Lance, because they gave this one up for Trey. Uh, and then they gave up picks for CMC. But they have they don't have a pick until pick ninety-nine. But they have ninety-nine, hundred, <laughs> okay. hundred and one, and then they have three fifths. Yeah, like Josh said. And so and
1: I think they're like, especially Dylan, your mention of a tight end. You look late in the draft. Um, you've got, what, Schoonmacher, I think, is the name, the guy out of um, Michigan. You've got uh, Mallory, I think, out of Miami. I'm personally, I think you could probably get him in the seventh, maybe the sixth, but I think the seventh. Um, Brenton Strange out of Penn State. I watch a lot of Penn State games, but I think Strange would be a very nice – like, complement to Kittle. I think he could play really well with him as a second tight end in some of their bigger packages. But you could probably get him sixth or seventh if – I mean, there's a chance he goes undrafted. So, like, as you said, I think some of those positions like tight end are really deep. I guess my question right. is something like, okay, what wide receiver are you going to get in the end of the third round and beyond? Um, cornerback, you're going to be hoping for – you know, some I mean, like you did with the um, or like what the the Seahawks did with Tariq Woolen, where you're finding a guy late. Um, but yeah, they're just gonna they're gonna have to use those later round picks very well because they've got nothing. Like we were talking so much about the the Rams, but they've got picks 36 and 69, so they're gonna have two picks before. Um, any of the Seattle Seahawks pick, or the, yeah, any of the San Francisco 49ers picks.
2: Yeah, yeah. what do you think they need?
0: Um, I mean I think one of the biggest things that I see is basically just their offensive line. Right, I'm sorry, their cornerbacks the biggest thing I've seen that they really could work on defensively they're they're doing well they've, they're they one of the best defenses in the league they've been that way you know the last two or three seasons the one thing that's helped with all this is they've got Kyle Shanahan they've got the mastermind of head coach to to, to scheme and figure this out the best way that they can and, and they've done well in drafts and figuring out who they need at later rounds as well or at least sign veteran players to build up for at least a season or two So that's what I see a lot of it Um, with that. We are done with the NFC West next week. We will do the AFC West. Um, Hopefully Chris is feeling better and he can be on because that's got his team in it with the Denver Broncos who have made a lot of changes this season, just in the coaching. And I don't know other stuff that they're probably going to have to change. But with that, we are out this week, and we will see you next week.